What's up, everybody? It's Jacob Gibbs. You're listening to the NFL DFS Assholes and Analysts podcast, co-hosted by myself and Nate Mannion. We'll be here providing a slate breakdown for you every Thursday night, along with occasional podcasts throughout the week, uh, time permitting. If this is your first time listening to the pod, I want to let you know that it is rated E for explicit content. So if you're listening around your family or at work or whatever the case may be, you might want to put those headphones in. Just a little disclaimer there. Alrighty, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Let's do this thing. is up that was uh the intro to good <laughs> evening by mac miller one of my favorite songs by mac uh r.i.p and a good evening it is yes for sure good evening it is because we've got thursday night football uh nate and i both played the thursday through monday slate and faded this gross uh baltimore cincy game nate how the hell you doing man i am doing great what about you not too bad, man. Uh, hoping this one is low scoring like we expect it to be because I didn't play any of their guys. I uh, have a little bit of money on the under in the game, so uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll kind of be watching as we go along. But uh, what, what do you think about this Sunday slate, dude? I'm uh, I'm super, super excited. I think it's way better than uh, than the week one slate we had, honestly. Yes, the uh, there's not, a, not as much value, so we're going to see ownership spread way more out. Uh, it's not going to be near as chalky as last week, um, which was the downfall of a lot of people, um, the chalk hit. So if you faded any chalk, um, you likely did not cash. Um, so I think we'll see ownership spread out a lot more, um, and then people who put in the work this week will have a better chance of cashing in the cash games and the attorneys. Absolutely. And this, I, I tweeted this out uh, earlier today, actually. I think week two is honestly my favorite. Uh, obviously, it, it depends a little bit year to year, but it's, for the most part, this week two, week three range is my favorite time of the year to play DFS because you still have uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the people that are not usual DFS players, kind of the fish out there uh, playing in the contests. And uh, also the sites are a little bit slow to react and price people up that are like breakout players. And we'll get to some of those guys, obviously, throughout the podcast. But I'm, I'm really excited for this one. I'm putting in quite a bit more uh, of my bankroll than I did last week. But, yeah, it's going to be a good one for sure. All right. Uh, this is our first NFL DFS slate breakdown of the year. Uh, both super pumped for it. Going to go game by game and try to keep it as quick as possible. We're not, we're not tied to that, so we might do player by player. We'll see uh, how, how it goes as the year goes on. Try not to get too far off track. You ready to, uh, ready to dive right in, man? I'm ready to go. Fuck yeah, let's do it. All right, first game we've got is Houston at Tennessee. Uh, Nate, you got the line for me on that one? Yes, we have a 44-and-a-half over-under, and Houston is favored by two. Okay, yeah, that's about right. So right right in the middle of the pack. Um, I did not – initially I did not think that I was going to like this game very much, um, but I the more I really, really dig into things here, I am uh, I'm really liking Houston in tournaments, and I'm, I'm curious to see – what you think about them, but specifically their passing game. Lamar Miller's fine. He's he's too cheap at 5,400. Both the running backs in this game, Lamar and Deion Lewis, is only 5K. They're both way too cheap. Uh, but there's enough RB options that I don't know if I'm going to go there. But Houston's passing game in particular, I am super excited for. Um, and the main reason, I'm working on a piece that will actually be live tomorrow. I'm really excited to get this one out because I don't think 
many people cover this aspect of it, but I think Houston's offensive line, it's it's probably the worst in the league, and it actually, I think, should be able to hold up all right against Tennessee because Tennessee does not have uh, an intimidating pass rush at all. They pressured Ryan Tannehill on just four of his 31 dropbacks in week one. Um, they ranked 20th in pass rush in 2017. Uh, that's per PFF, obviously. Um, but why that's so exciting is Deshaun Watson is way, way, way better when he has time to throw. Um, I've seen quite a few tweets about this, so I think it's maybe becoming public knowledge, but not enough that he's going to have very high ownership at all. Uh, he had the longest uh, seconds per attempt last year, and that was up to 3.23 in week one, which is even higher than it was last year. His completion rate was up from 48% when under pressure to 71% when kept clean. And uh, he had a 9.5% touchdown rate and a passer rating of 124 when the pocket was clean last year. Both of those were the highest in the NFL by a wide margin. So uh, given that knowledge, I don't think he's going to get very many clean pockets this year because Houston's line is that bad. But this week, I think it should hold up all right. And especially if Will Fuller's back, I'm really excited about this uh, little Houston stack in tournaments. What do you think about that? Um, I'm on board with that. Uh, we're seeing a, a little discount on uh, Deshaun Watson from last week, and he's mm-hmm. in a better matchup. So, so that's definitely something to like there. Yeah, they moved, um, they moved all those guys down. They're all down about three or four hundred, yep. um, which is the combination of lower price and lower ownership has has me super excited. Um, is there anybody on the Tennessee side of things that you're looking at? Because like Corey Davis stands out as too cheap. I think he was five one, especially with Delaney out. I think he could be just a target monster. Uh, you you joked a little about uh, about Johnu Smith early in the week. I don't think there's a need to go there. But anybody for Tennessee you're targeting? Um, yeah, you know it, it would only be Corey Davis who who is banged up, um, and uh, but I think he is practicing. Um, he was a limited participant at Thursday's practice today. Um, but at 5100, that's a pretty good price tag. Um, he saw 13 targets last week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if we're going to get that going forward, uh, you know, we're going to like that at 5,100. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, I'm all over Nelson Aguilar this week. We'll get to him later because of his target load. And he's a full thousand more, and he sees much lower equity targets than Corey Davis. And I don't think Corey Davis' ownership is going to be all that high either because him and Mariota have both been questionable all week, and it's not a standout matchup by any means, really. But, yeah, I think that's definitely... An intriguing way to go and honestly you can make a weird little game stack out of this if everybody is healthy if fuller and mariota and, and davis are all healthy um we might get to that later in our game stack section but yeah i mean it's pretty affordable and it, it definitely could uh could pay off in tournaments because i don't think it's gonna be very highly owned but uh we'll move on from, oh and real quick and, uh, i uh, i do like houston's defense yeah. yep is that what you're gonna say what one little thing to add, they, that Houston defense did lose uh, Kevin jo- Johnson yeah. last week. Yeah, for sure. If if Mariota and everybody's is full-on good to go, I will probably be off of Houston. That's why I have in my defense spot right now, just because they're so damn cheap. Um, and I'm trying to fit in some of these stud running backs. But, yeah, I think they're definitely worth a look, depending on uh, what it looks like come yeah. Sunday. But uh, we'll move on from this one. I do think it has some tournament appeal. We'll go yeah. on to... Carolina and Atlanta. What are you? Uh, what are you thinking in this game, dude? So Carolina and Atlanta, we have a 44 and a half over under. Um, Falcons are favored by six. Um, we have some key injuries here as uh, Atlanta lost safety Keanu Neal and uh, linebacker Dion Jones. Um, probably two of their better, if not two of their best, uh, defenders. Um, so uh, 
we're going to have something to look at there. And then on the other side of the ball, um, Carolina lost Greg Olson. Um, mm. So most of the fantasy relative points this week are going to be coming from Carolina. And uh, so the first thing we want to look at is last year the Falcons' D faced the most targets and allowed the most receptions to the running back. Christian McCaffrey um, going to be in a great spot this week. So he's in a great matchup. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey at $7,000 has an extremely high floor um, and is in a great spot this week. Mm-hmm. Um, other, than, other than that, we have uh, Devin Funches is going to get a bump in targets uh, now that Greg Olson is out. Um, his price is pretty cheap at 4700 I mean, uh, filling in for Greg Olson, we have the highly athletic rookie Ian Thomas, uh, whose price is at 2900 um, and, and possibly worth a, a GPP flyer. Um, he won't be owned at all. Hmm. Um, on the Atlanta side of the ball, we have uh, – there's not a ton to love um, other than Julio Jones. Um, at 800 he's the uh, second highest priced receiver and that's where he should be you know he's the second most out in receiver behind Antonio Brown um in the two matchups against Carolina last year he had 11 catches on 23 targets for 198 yards and no touchdowns um so he's pretty productive but not being able to get in the end zone which uh, we've seen out of Julio for the last year um you know if he's able to get in the end zone he's definitely going to play off, pay off that price tag um probably not the best cash option um probably more of a gpp play because he i doubt he gains much traction on ownership um and can be a pivot off antonio brown and michael thomas who are going to be pretty pretty popular um but other than julio there isn't much to like um caroline has a very stout run defense yep and we have Devontae freeman coming in pretty banged up and uh so this isn't much to like there yeah, I uh, I am very worried about being underweight on Julio this week because I don't think I'm gonna have a ton of them. Um, I mean, you got I'm trying to pay up at running back, and then the stud receivers we've talked about already, like there's Michael Thomas, there's AB, there's Julio, even Keenan Allen and Tyreek. People are gonna want to play them too, and I'm definitely leaning towards Brown out of those top three, and maybe even Thomas over Julio, and I'm yep, yep. I'm super worried about that. McCaffrey, I think, is a great call. Um, Atlanta was already the worst team in the league against receiving backs. And then with those injuries, like, he should absolutely eat in this matchup. Um, They talked about getting big touches like they talked about in the preseason. They reiterated that this week. Um, And I'm not sure that he's going to be super chalky. He kind of burned a lot of people last week. And people are going to want to play Melvin Gordon. People are going to want to play Kamara. Um, some people I think are going to be on Todd Gurley. Um, so yeah, you got a lot of guys in that price range. People are going to, want to play James Conner at 6,700 over McCaffrey. So I think we might actually get him at lower ownership than, uh, than I would, we would normally would in such a great spot, but yeah, definitely a great play there. I didn't go either format with him. All right, we will move on from this one. Then our next game is Philly Tampa Bay. Um, this is another one that's definitely going to be impacted, uh, by defensive injury news. Tampa Bay already had one of the league's worst secondaries, um, and I wrote up Nelson Aguilar in complete detail on uh, my wide receiver cornerback matchup. Call him, you need to check that out if you haven't already, but their defense is already one of the worst, especially in the secondary, and then Brent Grimes didn't play week one, doesn't look like he's going to play in week two. They put Vernon Hargraves on the IR, and so they are down to their third, fourth, and fifth corners, uh, the fifth of which is going to cover the slot. 
Uh, last week, they went with kind of a committee uh, on the slot, and it looks like they'll probably do that again this week. But um, we're going to get Nelson Aguilar running out of the slot with Alshon Jeffrey not playing. Um, I know Nick Foles has been a complete shit show to this point, uh, but I think that almost helps Aguilar a little bit because he's going more uh, quick dump-off plays like that. And Tampa Bay is among the uh, the league's worst tackling teams, according to PFF, so I would not be surprised if uh, Aguilar is able to pick up some more yak uh, than we saw from him in week one. So I don't, I don't think we'll see another... We might see another eight-catch performance, but I don't think it's going to be for 33 yards like last week. So uh, what do you think about Aguilar? Is he somebody you go to in cash, or is he just like you'd rather play Emmanuel Sanders at that at that price point? Yeah, I'm still not comfortable with him in the cash yet, and uh, with Emmanuel Sanders being close to him in price, I'd rather just uh, go there. Um, but he's a great, great tournament play to me. I actually have him locked in to my flex in cash right now. I don't think I'm going to end up with him there. I think things will shift around a little bit more as we get closer to lock. But I do think he is cash viable uh, because I, I think he has, like, honestly a floor of, like, six or seven catches plus whatever yardage he picks up. Um, so I, I love him in this spot. He's really the only guy from Philly I'm looking to play. Um, if you want to take a shot on Mike Wallace, be my guest. I... Am not going to, but I mean, the, he's going to get some targets. San Bay secondary is terrible. They were, uh, I think, 30th in DVOA against the deep ball last year, and obviously they're even uh, more shorthanded now, so he's worth a look. Um, I'm not going to have Zach Ertz. They are actually pretty decent against the tight end. On the Tampa Bay side of things, I don't have anyone. I'm not on Mike Evans. Um, pretty tough spot. I think Philly's defense is really, really legit. They've got the best pass rush in the league. Do you have anybody for Tampa Bay? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll just move on from this game. I think it's mainly Nelson Aguilar. Uh, we will move to Indianapolis and Washington, which is a pretty exciting game. That's definitely going to make my game stack piece. What do you got here for us, Nate? On the Indy, uh, Indianapolis side of the ball, my favorite play right now would be uh, tight end Jack Doyle. Um, yep. He was in play for us last week. Um, had a solid week. Saw nine targets. I think he had seven receptions for 60 yards. Uh and Washington's defense, the uh, best way to attack them last year was uh, through the tight end position. Um, they were pretty good defense against receivers, but uh, more susceptible to tight ends. Um, and as we saw, Andrew Luck uh, is not ready to start slinging it yet. So uh, Jack Doyle and e- Eric Ebron are both in play. Obviously, Doyle is going to be the safer, higher floor guy. But as we saw last week, Ebron can get in the end zone. Um, so he'd be more of the GPP play there. Um, and then we got Marlon Mack returning, um, but this is a pretty pretty cloudy backfield, um, and we're, we're probably not want to interest in uh, in uh, their running backs. Uh, so right right now for Indianapolis, uh, Jack Doyle is kind of what I'm looking at. Uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, had a fair game last last week, uh, but doesn't play great on the road. Um, Going to see a tougher matchup this week, so not looking to go there. Um, you got anything else from that game? No, I think he hit it on the head. I think Jack Doyle is 100% in play in cash games. Um, I have another tight end that I prefer in that price range. We'll get to him later. But if you want to go with Doyle, he's definitely safer than my guy. Um, so I would be totally fine with that. The way to attack this Washington team is is similar to what we saw last week with Indy against Cincinnati. They've got strong corners, and uh, they've got a really strong pass rush. And with the state of Indianapolis' offensive line, they're really banked up at tackle right now. Um, I would expect uh, Washington's pass rush to dominate them in this game. And I think we're going to see 
Andrew Luck with a lot of dump-offs, quick passes, a low A dot like we saw in week one. And I think that really favors somebody like Doyle. Um, I think it favors somebody like Ryan Grant, too, if you want to take a shot on him at 4-3. Similar to Doyle, there are just a lot of receivers in that mid-4K price range that I like. So I don't have Ryan Grant anywhere right now. But I do think he sees another 7-10 to targets. Um, But I do think they're low equity targets again. But yeah, I think I think you hit it on the head with uh, Indianapolis. What about Washington? We going with we going with AP here, dude? All day again? I don't know about AP, um, but I'm gonna have interest in Alex Smith. Oh yeah, he looked great great last week. Um, price is six thousand. He's kind of in that same price range as a uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and a couple other good options. Um, so he is he is in play in cash. Got a pretty. Uh, pretty high floor um and my favorite right now to target him up uh pair him up with is uh jordan reed um as he as he's healthy as we saw last week uh, anytime jordan reed is healthy <laughs> in play. um both, pulled, both uh, times you said jordan reed there. you went robot dude i think really? I think, yeah, yeah. Have you, you listen you listen to dfs edge where they've got like the jerry bark yeah, I think, I think we'll just go with Nate Robot voice as, Nate as our, our signifying that that's going to be a, a just smash play right there. So yeah, Jordan Reed all aboard. It was like you were like totally fine. It was like Jordan Reed, and then like totally fine again, and then it did the same thing. So load up on Jordan Reed. I mean, I was going to be on George Kittle, but I guess we're going to Reed now. Oh yeah, Jordan Reed's definitely in play. Um, yeah. So other than, other than that, um, the Colts' pasty um, is pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, Washington's going to spread the ball around a lot. Um, you got, you're going to have Crowder, Doxson. Um, you're going to get Chris Thompson in the pass game. Um, so uh, Alex Smith is a, a great play, but I'm not going to have a lot of interest in people other than Jordan Reed. Um, I, I feel like it's just harder for to, to predict. Uh, Chris Thompson um, – He's just—he's hard to play in cash. He—he's mm-hmm. not—he's got a low floor. He's not going to get that many touches. Um, and then with Adrian Peterson, um, you know you're going to get carries, but you're not going to get any catches. So in a PPR site like DraftKings, his floor is extremely low. Um, so right now, um, Alex Smith is definitely in play, and Washington can hang a lot of points on this uh, Colts defense. Uh, but it's looking like you know Alex Smith and Jordan Reed would be where most of my ownership would go. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think Smith is definitely in playing cash, but I don't think anyone else from Washington is, uh, just because, like you said, they spread the wealth around a lot there, and we know we've watched Alex for the past five years, whatever. That's how he how he does things. Um, I will say I like this game a lot as uh, as a, a tournament game stack. I I like, and it's it's another one that's really cheap. You can go Smith a QB. You can throw in a couple of these pass catchers that you like with with Jack Doyle or whoever on the other side to bring it back. Um, because I think people are going to be banking on the Vegas line, which I think is a little bit off. They've got Washington really heavily favored here. And so I think people are going to assume that it's going to be like last week against Arizona where they get up big and Peterson just gets a ton of touches. I don't know if that's going to be the case necessarily. They could get up big, but I could also see uh, Indianapolis keeping this one close, um, in which case they'd be passing more and I'd be more into these guys in tournaments. Um, Actually, my preferred, because I'm only using their pass catchers in tournaments, my preferred way to attack uh, against this Indianapolis secondary is with Josh Doxson. Is that yep. crazy? You think that's crazy? I can make the case. If you think it, it it is. It's, definitely, it's risky. Um, I, I don't know if I can go with crazy, but it's risky. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's only 4K. I think you can go with Paul Richardson, too, if you want the long ball. 
but I think Dotson definitely has the most touchdown upside. He's only 4K. Uh, he didn't do much in week one, but, I mean, he had Patrick Peterson on him for most of that game. And if you're beating the hell out of Arizona, why why would you throw at Patrick Peterson? It doesn't make sense. So I'm not worried about his three targets in week one. I think we'll see a lot more uh, going forward. He played 70 out of 79 snaps, which is more than Richardson and Crowder both. Richardson had 61, Crowder had 49. Um, and he has maybe the best matchup of any receiver on the board against Quincy Wilson for Indianapolis, who's just terrible. Um, he was the worst, the absolute worst among 99 qualified cornerbacks in PFF coverage grade in week one. He was uh, targeted four times on the 24 routes that he covered, and the opposing receiver caught all four targets for 45 yards and a touchdown. So I, uh, I'm liking me some Josh Doxson. Even if he doesn't, when he's not against Quincy Wilson, he's going to be against Nate Harrison, who was 63rd among 99 cornerbacks in week one. So I, I love the perimeter receivers for Washington. I'm not on Thompson and Crowder as much, but I think you can go there. But yeah, just mainly tournament only for these for these Washington guys, and Doxson is my favorite of the bunch. All righty, we will uh, we'll move on. Then we've got Kansas City and Pittsburgh next, baby. I am fucking pumped about this. I've been tweeting oh. about it all week. Everybody knows this is my favorite game. We'll we'll just completely exclude this from the uh, game stack section later because it's just it's such an obvious one. But the over under is up to 52 and a half now, and I could see that rising even further. Would not be surprised by that. I already bet the over on it. That was my pick on Sportsline as well. I really, really think this game's going to shoot out. Uh, two already not great defenses that are also heading into this one banged up, and then two really high-powered offenses. Obviously, this will all change if Big Ben's health is more of a concern than it looks like right now. If he's actually out, that would completely change everything, um, in which case I'll tweet about it and write about it and all that good stuff. But uh, on the Kansas City side of things, Pat Mahomes is 6-1. That's why I have locked in as my cash game quarterback right now, and he's the first guy that I want to highlight of the uh, the group that, we, that I mentioned uh, before we started here, of guys that are just not caught up in the pricing yet, I really think Pat Mahomes is going to be like a 7K-plus guy, top-five quarterback pricing guy the rest of the way. Dude, the way that Kansas City's defense sets up to give up tons of points and involve them in tons of shootouts this year, and as talented as Pat Mahomes' pass catchers are, I, I really, really do think he's going to be a top-five DraftKings guy this year. Um, so we're just getting him in a huge discount in a good matchup that is going to be a, a, a probably a shootout. So that's just way too cheap for him. I know that he's a little bit risky. People aren't going to want to go there. They'd rather take the security of Alex Smith against Indianapolis or uh, a cheaper quarterback than pay 6-1 for Mahomes here. But I, I really think he's fine for cash and obviously in playing tournaments. Uh, I love Tyreek. I'm playing naked Mahomes in cash, by the way, not pairing him with Tyreek. But I do love Tyreek in tournaments. Uh, Pittsburgh was PFF's worst tackling team in uh, 2017. I think Tyreek uh, could definitely break one here. So could Sammy Watkins. I'm not going there, though. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I will not have a ton of. I'm curious what you think on him. We'll get to that in a second. And then Kelsey is the last guy for Kansas City. He's down to 5'9", and I think his ownership is definitely going to be down. And so if you want to get exposure to this game uh, in a contrarian way, I think that would be the way to go because I don't think people are going to play Kelsey. I think they're going to load up on Mahomes, on uh, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, all those guys. So uh, real quick on the Chiefs, then I'll get to Pittsburgh. What do you think about all of that? Am I off on any of those guys? Um, the only thing I would have a little disagreement on is Tyreek Hill. Um, I would definitely be okay with pairing him um, with Patrick and Cash. Yeah. Um, it's a little risky, but we've seen Tyreek's home road splits, uh, which don't make a lot of sense, but he just keeps producing huge numbers on the road. Yeah. Um, and we're in Pittsburgh in this week. Um, 
But I, in agreement with uh, Kelsey and Watkins, until uh, we see a little bit better connection between them two, um, they're definitely out of cash consideration. Um, and Kareem Hunt, uh, it, it wasn't great not seeing him very involved with the passing uh, game changes moving forward because that uh, take a big chunk of his uh, value out. Um, and uh, we know uh, Andy Reid doesn't love to just feed the running backs. Um, so I would agree with you there. His price dropped, uh, which is intriguing and kind of wants to draw you in. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I see what you're saying about Tyreek, but I just feel like I'm paying down a receiver for the most part in cash games, and I'm not trying to play somebody that ran 20 routes last week at 7-6 in cash. Love him in tournaments. Love him, love him, love him in tournaments, but not going there in cash games. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if you did. I mean, obviously it paid off for people last week. Um, on the other side of the ball, Le'Veon's not going to play, and so we get James Conner at 6,700, which is just stupid. Um, some people are going to be off him, I think, because it was such a drastic price increase. But, like, guys, if if we could get Le'Veon Bell at 8K even here, we would be all aboard. He would be the most highly owned guy on the slate. And we get a $1,300 discount to James Conner, who's getting the exact same usage. Like, Pittsburgh replacement backs over the last three years – have averaged almost 25 touches a game. You've got to play this guy. He is honestly my number one play on the slate. I'm just locking him into cash games. If you want to fade him in some tournament lineups just to get exposure to uh, other people and kind of kind of fade the chalk there, I get that. If you're like really t- trying to take on a big uh, GPP, but in single entry formats and in all cash games, got to have James Conner. Um, AB is 8,800. I really, really want to get him in my cash game lineup. But I can't seem to fit it in. Um, what are you doing with Antonio Brown right now, man? It's it's tough because it's it's going to be almost impossible to play him and Alvin Kamara. Yep. Um, in the lineup, um, it's not like it's last week when we have a ton of value. The slate are Antonio Brown and Alvin Kamara, so it might come down to uh, whoever you have uh, the better feeling about, or whoever you think, um, you know, just the stats back up to have a better week. Um, but I, I love Antonio Brown if you can fit him in, but you're going to have to pay down at running back if you do that. I know. I Honestly, I feel better about Brown than I do about Kamara, and he's $700 cheaper. So, like, I, the more I look at him, I'm like, why the hell don't I just have Antonio Brown? Especially if I'm going to have Mahomes, then I get a correlation play there, too. The dude has and averaged 37 DraftKings points in six home games without Le'Veon Bell over the past three seasons. And, like, I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of splits you can go over. The matchup is incredible. He's going to run his routes against Steven Nelson and Orlando Skandrick. Like, they're going to have (laughs) – Juju has ran like 87. He ran a league-high percentage of his routes from the slot last week, and he's going to be matched up against Kendall Fuller. And I still think Juju can have a good good game. He's definitely playing tournaments because of what a poor tackling team Kansas City is. But, like, I just – and Tony Brown's going to see like 15 to 20 targets. Like, that seems fucking crazy, but that's realistic, dude. Is my, if this game's really going to be a shootout and there's going to be that high of passing volume for Pittsburgh, he is going to get peppered with targets because who else are they going to throw? Like they're not they're not going to throw at Juju ten to fifteen times against against Fuller, right? Like I just no, don't know how you all. I don't know how you the, fade him I, on the defense. So um, no, I'm I'm definitely in agreement there. Um, I just I like the cheap receivers so much more than I like the cheap running backs, and so. Yeah. But I think we'll get to somebody later. You, one of your running backs, you really like this cheap. That might change my mind on things, and I might shift my lineups around. Right now, I have Kamara over Brown. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna try to make it work with both. 
if I can, but I don't think that's possible. So especially with Mahomes, if I if I went down to somebody cheaper quarterback, maybe. But all right, that's that's pretty much it on Pittsburgh. It's all the James Conner, uh, as much Brown as I can get, Juju in tournaments. Um, but that that's pretty much it here. No no Jesse James or anything. No need to get cute. All right, we uh, will move on to our next game. You've got Miami and the New York Jets. Anybody here for you? Uh, we don't have to spend much time here. Um, pretty ugly game. Um, you know, one thing on the New York side of the ball, Quincy Anuya, Anu, Anunya is uh, <laughs> at uh, 4,700. Um, saw nine of uh, 20 total targets, so he looks like Sam Darno's uh, favorite uh, target. Um through a one-game sample size, obviously. but Yeah, 48% um, target share is not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Um, This guy, you know, he's always had that upside. He's been dealing with injuries. He looks healthy. Um, so uh, somebody we can look forward to for this week and the next next few weeks coming up. And then on the other side of the ball, um, there's just not much like in this game at all. Um, we saw Kenny Stills have a great game, uh, catching four of five targets for two touchdowns. Uh, but we're getting Devontae Parker back, which is just going to cloud up this uh, receiving core even more. Um, you know, with Amendola, Parker, Stills, and uh, Albert Wilson, um, it's going to be hard to uh, find one of those that uh, sticks out from the other. Yeah. Dude, I uh, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, um, after we did our first podcast. I think we need to uh, we need to make a drinking game where every time you and I mispronounce a name, we have to drink, or maybe the listeners have to drink God. if they're drinking, because we I'm would be shit faced by the end of the podcast. I'm terrible. Like, like we both know all of these players, but we just have a a terrible fucking time with names, and we're both lazy about terrible. it too. So we just like say the wrong thing. All right, I've, yeah. I've never had to say Quincy's name before. I'm gonna just <laughs> keep calling him Quincy because I've never had to read it out loud. I've read it and heard it a hundred times. Yeah. Never had to. So uh, sorry to everyone about these names I butcher. <laughs> <laughs> no, Anuma is, is a cash lock for me. He's another guy that's just way too cheap. I think it's gonna take a couple weeks for the uh, DK pricing to adjust. Four seven is stupid on a, a full PBR site. I will have that in all my cash lineups. Um, I mean, like, really, what's the difference between, especially in the matchup, what's the difference between Anuma and Nelson Aguilar or uh, Cooper Cup or Jarvis Landry? Like, obviously, those guys are, we think, are more talented. But, like, yeah. it's they're just all pe- Golden Tate. Like, they're all PPR monsters. They're going to get 8 to 11 targets or whatever and catch a high amount of those. And, like, Anuma at 4,700, I will take that all day. Um, such Such an easy cash game play. On the Miami side of things, I I do think I have some interest in a little like mini uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do this or not. It just depends on how many lineups I end up making. But this is disgusting. But a Tannehill, Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola yeah. Yeah. stack. It's I don't so hear it. it's so cheap. The Jets have literally the league's worst pass rush, and uh, Ryan Tannehill is like infinitely better when he has a clean pocket i can give you all the numbers on that too but it's it's like deshaun watson except obviously to a much lesser scale he's he's no deshaun watson <laughs> but i'm telling you man like i really think this is a, a game where you can make like a little mini game stack like that and and surprise people um definitely not somewhere i'm gonna have a, a ton of exposure to but it's something i'm interested in and amadola is gonna have no ownership i wish he was cheaper um, but I still think he can go there, 4,600. I think he has a very good shot to find the end zone. He's going up against Buster Screen. Or screen. Uh, there's there's another one that we're <laughs> mispronouncing. One of the league's, 
one of the league's worst cornerbacks, uh, just a constant burn victim. Um, I think he's going to get worked by Amendola. So, yeah, I, I have some interest in Miami and a ton of interest in Quincy. But uh, that's that's pretty much it for that one. We'll move on to the Chargers and the Bills. Uh, huge spread in this one. Honestly, not as big as I thought. I think I might bet uh, some money on, on the Chargers to cover that spread because I think they will pretty easily. Buffalo is a shit show. I like obviously Josh Allen starting changes things a little bit like that that adds enough variance that I am hesitant on putting money down the line but I still think the Chargers are easily going to control this game um Melvin Gordon Keenan Allen they're all going to be super popular I am leaning towards Melvin over Keenan uh he's $400 cheaper just got absolute workhorse uh numbers last week was one of the most involved uh, running backs in the passing game in week one as far as uh, routes run, targets, all that good stuff. Basically, it's just Alvin Kamara and then him. Um, so super interested in both of those guys, positive game script and everything else. Um, don't think I'll have anyone from Buffalo. You, I could I could see someone taking a shot on LeSean McCoy because 5,700 is just stupid cheap. Um, and you can run on this Chargers on this Chargers defense for sure. So if you if you do think the game's going to stay a little bit closer, I think you could go with Shady McCoy. Um, but I'm not going with Josh Allen. I'm not going with Kelvin Benjamin. I get the, I get it. Like the opportunity's there for Kelvin, but I'm not going with any of those guys. Um, and really, it's just Keenan and Melvin. And honestly, I don't think I'll have a ton of Keenan. I think it's mainly just Melvin for me. Uh, anybody else in this yep. game you're looking at? No, that's about it. Um, I think you covered it all. Um, all Melvin, right. you know, obviously a great play. The only thing that would scare me is that if uh, – if they do jump out to a huge lead early, which is very likely, and then Eckler takes a, a big chunk of the workload. Um, but I, I had that same theory last week with Alvin Kamara, and uh, that didn't pay off very well. So uh, <laughs> maybe I, can, I just play, play Melvin because um, he is in a spot. Yeah, I think Melvin is definitely one of the top four or five uh, cash game consideration running backs on the slate. Alrighty, we will move yep. on from that one. It's pretty cut and dry. We'll move on to Cleveland and New Orleans. Uh, this is an exciting one. I'm really curious to hear what you think about this game. Yeah, so everyone knows New Orleans was absolutely gutted last week by uh, Fitzmagic. <laughs> it's magic, baby. <laughs> but they have a chance to rebound against the Browns. Uh, that, that defense was not as bad as they looked last week. No. Um, they're going to recover at some point. Um, so... Uh, Tyrod Taylor led the league in pressure dropbacks last week at 24. They have a pretty uh, piss-poor offensive line out there in Cleveland right now, which is uh, something that they actually had going for them the last few years um, that might be gone now, (laughs) which is a Cleveland thing to do. Um, But on the Cleveland side of the ball, um, Jarvis Landry saw 14 targets, um, caught seven of those, and he's going to continue to be a target hog. We know Tyrod Taylor doesn't throw the ball, stretch the ball down the field. Uh, you know, he, Jarvis Landry is going to see another, you know, 10-plus targets here. Uh, so at 6,300, he's definitely in play. Um, uh, you know, he, he is in play in cash. Um, probably, probably wouldn't be my favorite play, but, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't uh, argue with it. I mean, then Gordon, we saw run 47 routes and only saw three targets. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. Um, I don't think this guy is going to ever be receiving 10 targets from Tyrod Taylor. Um, that's just not the best quarterback that fits him. Uh, but I have seen Todd Haley saying they want to get um, uh, Josh Gordon more involved, more targets, um, because he's probably the most talented player on that offense. Um, and then 
uh, running behind that terrible Cleveland offensive line. I don't have much interest in Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson. Um, they didn't utilize either of them very well last week, and it's just not somewhere I want to go. Yeah. Um, you got anything else to add to that? Uh, I won't have any Jarvis. Um, I I am a little bit – I'm pretty scared by the match against uh, Pat Robinson, dude. Pat Robinson is nice. People, people yeah. talk about Marshawn Lattimore. He's Lattimore is the guy that gets yeah. talked up the most. And I think Lattimore's presence might make Josh Gordon's ownership a little bit low, which has me somewhat interested because I think Gordon will run at least a third of his snaps against Ken Crawley, who was absolutely destroyed. Like he was the guy that got – victimized last week by Fitzmagic and company. He got absolutely destroyed. Um, Enough so that I actually thought about playing Higgins, but I'm not going to do that. Um, But yeah, I think you could go with Gordon in a tournament. I'm not super interested in him, but 5'8 is is not bad for the upside that he brings, uh, considering low ownership. I think Tagad... (laughs) I'm going to keep calling him Tagad. I don't care if his name's Tarad. I think Tagad is definitely somebody that you uh, should get some exposure to this weekend. Like, the Saints gave up the most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks last year. Um, We saw Fitzmagic run all over him last week, weirdly enough. Um, Still got some juice in those legs. Uh, I I definitely think, I mean, we saw in week one, like, Terrell had a a terrible game and still finished as, like, a top seven quarterback uh, in fantasy scoring. So 5,900 is just way too cheap. If you're building... Uh, like an ultimate stars and scrubs lineup, um, I, I have no problem at all with with fitting Tyrod in there, and I think you can go you can go uh, naked Ty God and not have any problem with that. So yeah, that's about it for Cleveland. No Joku for me, but I think he's somebody we'll play later. He played a ton of snaps uh, last week, but I'm not going there in this matchup. What do you uh, What are you thinking on the New Orleans side of things? Well, uh, the uh, Saints D is a sneaky play. I, I should have had that probably on the Cleveland side. Um, but they're in a steep, they're they're in a bounce spot back spot and after last week nobody's going to be playing them um, yep. and I think uh, I think they could wreak havoc on this Cleveland um, offense so they're a sneaky uh, you know tournament play but you know I don't need to spend a lot of time explaining on the Saints there's two main plays um, Michael Thomas um, doesn't need much explanation he saw 17 targets last week. He's a matchup proof. He's a, a top five, top six receiver in the NFL. Um, and Cleveland doesn't have the personnel. Well, they might have the personnel, but they definitely don't have the defensive coordinator and Greg Williams to stop this. Um, so Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are going to be two of the best plays um, on the slate if you can fit them in. Like I said, I don't have a ton of stats right here just to uh, list off um, because everybody knows that Alvin Kamara is probably the best running back in the NFL. Um, only had 17 touches last week and was the highest scoring uh, player of any position. Um, and he was on the field for 52 of uh, a possible 64 snaps. He's going to be on the field. He's probably going to have more than 17 touches. Um, and any time the ball is in this guy's hand, he is scoring fantasy points at a that we've probably never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, Kamara is, is just a machine. He's not fair. I am doing everything I can to fit him in, even at 9,500. Um, and he's their goal line back, too, especially with, like, Gillisley fumbling, and they, they clearly don't trust Williams. They fucking cut him, like, a week before the season <laughs> started. Like, Kamara's going to get the goal line touches. He's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, yeah, I, I think you got to fit him in. I do think I'm leaning towards Brown of the two, like, studs 
as of now, but yeah. I'm definitely, definitely going to have a lot of uh, Alvin Kamara as well. I think if you were underweight on the field, Nate, last week on <laughs> Kamara, you know, uh, <laughs> you know how painful that can be. So I, I definitely think you should have plenty of Kamara in your life this week. Um, Michael Thomas is going to run a good bit of his routes against Terrence Mitchell, who uh, we know <laughs> from our Kansas City days. He uh, He's one of the worst cornerbacks in the league, one of the slowest cornerbacks in the league. Thomas isn't a, a big speed guy. But, yeah, I mean, any time you can get somebody as good as Thomas is against Terrence Mitchell, I uh, I think he got a good exposure to him. So, yeah, I my plan right now is to have Kamara my cash lineup. He's the only uh, player from this game I have. But I will definitely have uh, some exposure. I think I might try to make like a like a mega New Orleans stack, um, and then bring it back with just some yeah. cheap plays and maybe uh, maybe Josh Gordon or somebody like that. But all right, we will uh, move on from this one. Then we've got Minnesota and Green Bay is our next game here. Um, obviously, this one will heavily depend on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Not that we're gonna play Rodgers if he is in there, um, but if Rodgers ends up missing this game which they're kind of acting like he might i would be shocked if he did but if he misses the game vikings defense at 2600 is an autoplay just put him in everything even if he plays i think you can still go with vikings defense because i don't think people are gonna play them you don't play defenses against aaron Rodgers, but they've played re- exceptionally well against Rodgers uh in the past and he he's banged up a little bit so yeah definitely I'm fine with that. On the Minnesota side of things, I'm not. I don't have any interest in the receivers. I'm not gonna have Kirk, but I do love Dalvin Cook in tournaments, dude. 6,500. His price dropped quite a bit. Uh, he had. If you look at Scott Barrett's actual opportunity, he had one of the highest scores among running backs last week. He ran the second most routes among all running backs. And uh, Green Bay is not very good at covering running backs out of the backfield. They gave up the sixth most catches and the second most touchdowns to opposing running backs last year. So I think Dalvin is a really sneaky play um, because his final stat line wasn't great, but he is not going to be owned by, by very many people because of that. Um, do you have anybody on Minnesota? You like Dalvin? I do like Dalvin. Um, I'm hoping uh, we start seeing increased touches from him. Uh, but, you know, when when he's got the ball in his hand, he's, he's a damn good running back, and uh, he's in a pretty good matchup. So, yeah. Don't wouldn't love him in cash or anything yet, um, but his price is getting down there enough that uh, definitely want to take a couple shots on him in tournaments. Yeah, he's one of my favorite uh, tournament running backs on the slate. I don't have anyone from Green Bay. Do you have anybody? Randall Cobb is cheap. I don't, I don't have anybody. Yeah, not not much interest there. Yeah, no way. All right, we'll pass on that. Then we've got Detroit and San Fran as our next game. This one has some uh, sneaky shootout potential. What are you thinking here? So uh, San Francisco, I think Jimmy G is in a definitely in a bounce back spot. Uh, Detroit looked like uh, the worst uh, defense in the NFL last week, uh, oh getting gosh. torched by getting torched by Darno and Crowell. Crowell, um, not good, <laughs> not good at all. Um, and uh, if you watched that game last week, uh, there was a lot of opportunities. Kittle dropped what would have been a huge touchdown. Pierre Garcon had a couple drops in the uh, red zone. Um, you know, it, it honestly should have been a closer game, and Jimmy G should have looked a lot better. Um, I think uh, they could wreak havoc on this um, Detroit defense. Kyle Shanahan's obviously one of the sharpest uh, coaches in the uh, NFL. Um, Jimmy G's price is at 6000 He's uh, going to be within the top three of my uh, cash quarterbacks, you know, 
uh, you know, okay. one or two, but he, he's in the top three right now um, for me. Um, who I like stacking him with, um, and I know you like him too, we've talked about him um, off air, is uh, George Kittle um, yes, at $3,800. Um, we always want to pay down at tight end in cash, it seems like that's uh, usually the best strategy. Um, and so we're going to get some big savings there. Detroit ranked 26 in DVO, DVOA against the tight end last season. Um, so they're going to continue to uh, give up uh, work to the tight end. And Kittle saw nine targets last week. Um, looks like he's on the same page with Jimmy G and uh, is probably his favorite target. Um, you know, Goodwin kind of surprised us all and uh, only saw one target, didn't even get a catch last week, uh, which was kind of a shocker. Um, you could go back to him in a tournament. Um, there, there's not going to be much ownership on him after last week, even though he was uh, he shot up the uh, season-long draft boards. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he, sh- he should be able to bounce back. Um, so he w- he will have some ownership in uh, in uh, tournaments, but I don't think a ton after last week. Um, and then Alfred Morris, I <laughs> you know, and I, it, it might sound crazy, but he he's in consideration for me in cash right now. Um, you know, he hasn't made his way into the lineups yet, but I, I, this is a great spot. This this defense just got gutted by Isaiah Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. Um, Alfred Morris is a better running back than both of them. No. Um, and Alfred Morris looked good um, last week, was getting a bulk, bulk of the carries. He did have that red zone fumble, and after that he kind of got moved to the bench, um, and Matt Breida started getting a, a bigger workload. But I think uh, Alfred Morris is going to you know, get the reins at the start of the game um, and see if he can't prove something, and I think he will be able to. And, and it's a lot more of a positive game script. They should be playing from ahead. Um, last week versus or this week versus uh, last week when they were playing behind and uh, you, you're obviously going to see Matt Breda come out more in the uh, passing downs but they should be playing ahead so they're going to be running the ball way more than they were last week so we can see Alf getting um, up to 15 carries um, seems very likely and 15 carries for Alf Morris at $3,400 I will take all day I uh, I will say Alf Morris is not better than Bilal Powell I believe him I'm a Paul oh. <laughs> and I'm also a Matt Breida no. truther, so I don't love the Alfred Morris love, but 3600 is stupid cheap. Like, I don't think yeah. that this is that much different of a situation than AP has. He's not going to get as many carries as AP, yeah. but they both have positive game scripts. They're both in good matchups. Detroit's actually worse against the run than Indianapolis is. People just assume Indy is terrible against the run because they're so bad against the pass, but they're actually not that bad. I, I can get down with that at 3-6. I'm not playing them in cash games. But I definitely think you can go there in tournaments. Um, George Kittle is a no-brainer. He is like the best play on the slate that's not named James Conner. I'm going to have Kittle in pretty much everything. 3-8 is dumb. Yep. If, if Goodwin's out, it's not even a question. Like, just Kittle and everything. He had uh, 9 or 10 targets, can't remember, off the top of my head. He had the uh, most air yards on um, all tight ends last week. He's got a great match against Detroit. Uh, yeah, he's lock and load everywhere. He should be. I mean, if he was like 5K in this matchup, I would probably be playing him. Like, it's it's just dumb how cheap he is. Jimmy G, top three for you in cash, huh? I like that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy G, and then probably uh, right back to the well with uh, Case Keenum right now, or uh, my favorite uh, 
Oh, we'll, we'll get to this later. So we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get back love, to the game by game. Case this week. Right. Yeah. So on the Detroit side of the ball, Kenny Galladay, um, we've been waiting for that breakout for a while. Um, I think we finally saw it last week. Uh, he saw 11 targets, racked up 114 yards, and his price tag is still way too low at $4,800. Um, the San Francisco def- pass defense is a defense we can attack week to week. Um, even with the addition of Richard Sherman, they're definitely a subpar uh, pass defense. Um, so Kenny Galladay at 4,800. Uh, Stafford is definitely in play. Uh, Marvin Jones is in play, and Golden Tate is in play. Um, all three uh, pass catchers, um, but definitely my favorite would be Galladay at that low 4,800 uh, price tag. It allows you to do a lot with the rest of your lineups. Did y'all hear that? We got another robot voice from Ned there, dude. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Kenny G. He was already in all of my lineups, but at this point, we know it's confirmed. you got to lock him in. Uh, yeah, I like. I really, really like the Detroit passing game here. Um, I will probably have some Stafford exposure in tournaments. I do have Kenny Galladay in all of my lineups at this point. Um, I will probably uh, hedge a little bit the more tournament lineups I make and all that good stuff, but... 4800 is way too cheap. I think he's going to end up being a 6K-plus receiver. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he outproduces Marvin Jones this year. I know that's a hot take. But in the games they played together last year, it was pretty damn close. Marvin Jones was significantly more involved when Galladay was hurt. Um, I, I'm not going to have any Marvin Jones. I think he can take a shot just because recency bias. People yeah. are going to be on him, and he always has big play potential. He was a couple close plays away from having uh, a huge game last week. Um, Golden Tate's fine in tournaments. I'm not going there, but if he fits your line of construction, that's fine. Uh, what do you think? Is Blunt good to go? Yeah, he's full. Okay, damn it. I was really hoping this could be carry-ons week, dude, but it, it'll it'll come. It'll come. All right, anything else in not this yet. one? You ready to move on? Ready to move on. All righty. Arizona and Los Angeles Rams. This one should be quick. Uh, we've got one of the best pass rushes in the league against one of the worst offensive lines and just one of the worst offenses in general i want no one from arizona um i know david johnson's too cheap but i'm not going with anybody from arizona uh from the los angeles side of the the ball you can go with todd Gurley if you want to uh, bank on the positive game script all the good stuff he should be able to run all over arizona i worry a little bit that this game gets out of hand um and they take him out but the rams only suit up two running backs normally um so i think it would really have to be out of hand for them to take him out of the game um, honestly, I don't have anyone from this game. Do you, are you targeting anyone here? Um, definitely not in cash. Yeah. I mean, like you can go with Ricky Seals Jones if you want. We saw, uh, last week, I think kind of the way to attack the Rams is with tight ends. Cause their cornerbacks are so fucking good. Like that. They just funnels targets. We see that a lot. We see that with Denver. We've seen that with a lot of teams over the years, Jacksonville, even to a little bit of an extent there. Um, and Seals Jones played like all the snaps almost for Arizona last week. And was a couple of drops away from having a really big game. He's only 2,900. So if you want to go there in tournaments, um, you, you can. But that's about it for me. Um, all right, we will move on then. That's, uh, that's a quick one. That's a gross one. All right, I know you're pretty uh, – you're super excited about these last two games. So I will uh, – I'll just let you have both of them. We'll start with uh, the New England game and end on Oakland-Denver. Yep. So uh, on the New England side of the ball, um, if we get a word that Burkhead is out and Sony is limited, I am going to have a ton, ton of exposure to James White at 4,200. Okay. Uh, it provides a big salary relief. Uh, and Jacksonville defense is an elite defense. They're elite against the pass. 
They uh, they're high uh, high in sack, high in turnover, um, but they're not that great against the run. Last year they were 27th DVOA against the run and 16th against uh, running back receiving. Um, so it's a plus matchup um, for the running backs here. Um, and you know if, if we're going to get Burkett out and uh, Sony will be limited if he does play. Um, James White's in a smash bot. Um, going to be on the field for um, most of the game. Um, going to get a lot of targets. Um, he's not. He's not going to see like 15 or 20 carries or anything like that. Um, but his uh, his main value is going to be uh, with receptions. Um, him and Dion Lewis combined for I believe 10 receptions um, in that uh, playoff game in Jacksonville uh, last year, AFC Championship. Uh, we're going to see something like that again. Um, Bill Belichick is obviously sharp and is not going to go after uh, Jalen Ramsey and uh, Bouye. I pronounced that wrong, too, so <laughs> uh, shot there. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a ton, ton of interest in James White if uh, Burkhead's not playing. I think everything's lining up um, there. Yeah, I I love that, dude. And I have not heard much, like, noise about James White this week with all – the injuries there, Jeremy Hill tore his ACL, Burkhead looks like he's yep, trending yep. towards playing. But even if Burkhead plays, I think you could still go with James White. He's only 4,500. And I think you hit around the head, like, it's Belichick and Tom Brady. They're not going to throw Ramsey and Boyd. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and, Dorsett's yeah. seven targets are going to drop to, like, two or something like that. <laughs> like, they're going to yeah. focus on Gronk, and they're going to focus on James White and potentially Burkhead if he's playing. So, I, I, think, I think White is okay in cash games if Burkett plays and if Burkett's out I think White is he's a lock. close he's close to a lock for sure and I think if we get Burkett in and Sony Michelle out I think Burkett is definitely in play in tournaments at 4400 dude had a ton of opportunity last week yes 18 carries three targets like he definitely could have had a 20 touch game and he's one touchdown away from ever like him being much more expensive and much more talked about this week so I yeah I like that a lot. Um, do you have any interest in Gronk in tournaments? Uh, I you know last year he got knocked to that knocked out of that game with concussion. Um, the, it's a pretty athletic defense for Jacksonville. Um, he 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 would definitely not be anywhere near my cash lines, but you know you're gonna get him pretty uh, pretty under owned anytime you can get Gronk under owned. Everybody's scared of Jacksonville's defense, um, and you know he could definitely smash. You know. Yeah. If we Gronk lines up, you know, there's two touchdown, hundred yard possibility, obviously. Um, uh, so I, I doubt he'll make any of my uh, tournament teams, as I almost never pay up for a tight end. But uh, there's definitely some reasoning behind it. Yeah, I think you can definitely go there in tournaments. Seven K is still pretty cheap. Like honestly, every time I run my projections and like filter it for upside and and uh, floor. Gronk comes out among, like, the top of all players in his yeah. projected ceiling. And you get him at 7K as opposed to some of the other studs that people are going to pay up for that are, like, 9K. Like, last week, he he only had eight targets, which I, I thought he would have more. I think he will have anywhere from, like, 10 to 13 or 14 in this game. He only had eight targets, and he only scored one touchdown, and he still had 27 points. Like, I, I, I like Gronk a lot in tournaments because I do think his ownership will be down a little bit. Because there are a lot of tight ends to like. Like I obviously I love Kittle, but I do think uh, if you're making multiple lineups, Gronk in tournaments is definitely a way to go. What are you uh, What are you doing with Jacksonville? 
Um, if Fournette, Fournette is out, then Yeldon's definitely in play. Uh, he'll become very popular at a 5,600, offers a little bit of salary relief. Um, Patri- uh, Patriots defense was 31st DVOA last year against the run, and we just saw Lamar Miller, um, you know, have a pretty damn productive game um, through uh, through the air and on the ground. Um, so Yeldon, you know, definitely uh, comes into the uh, comes into play if Fournette's out. Looking like he's going to be a game time decision, so that's something we're going to have to wait till Sunday. Um, to figure out, which is kind of annoying. Um, it's hard to plan around, but uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, so Yeldon will be in play for me, um, and then I'm not going to have much interest in Jacksonville's pass catchers. Um, it's still hard to predict where uh, most of the production is coming from with uh, Moncrief, Cole, and Didi. Um, they're all interesting. They all have low floors. Um, each week, one of these guys is going to hit, um, and it's just going to be hard right now to tell. Um, BD and Cole both, uh, you know, think they both had about two to four receptions and 50 yards last week, which is pretty underwhelming. Um, but, uh, definitely have upside there. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to go there obviously in cash. Um, but you know, as a low end tournament play, I could see, uh, going with, uh, Keelan Cole or, uh, DD Westbrook after they, uh, underwhelmed everybody last week and people will probably be off of them. See, now I don't know what to believe because I've been on board with your other robot voices. We just got our third one, and that was for the Jacksonville receivers, who I am not feeling in this game, man. But, like, do I play them now? I feel like I have to play them now. I guess so. (laughs) You're throwing me off, man. All right, yeah, I I don't think I'll have much of anyone from Jacksonville. If TJ Yeldon uh, is starting for Fournette, if we have news on that uh, with decent amount of time to adjust, I will definitely have some interest there. They bumped him up a decent amount where it's like, is, is TJ Yeldon really that much better to play than Deion Lewis or Lamar Miller who are both cheaper? You know what I mean? Like I love the matchup. I, I think it'll be fairly high scoring game. Uh, like you said, new England is content to give up yards on the ground and give up short passes. The guys like Yeldon. Um, so I, I think you can definitely go there, but I don't, I don't think he's a lock by any means. Um, but yeah, not not a ton of interest for Jacksonville for me. All right, on to our last game, Oakland and Denver. Yep. I'm actually super excited for this one, and I don't feel like I've heard people talking about it as much as I uh, as much as I thought we would. So uh, who are you looking at in this one? So there's a lot to like on the Denver side. Um, Case Keenum, who's 5,800 this week, looked in sync with the uh, Denver pass catchers. Uh, threw for 329 yards and three touchdowns against a quote-unquote great Seattle defense. Uh, as we know, no. they're not what they used to be. Um, <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Um, but uh, they got another great matchup. Uh, subpar Oakland D that we just saw uh, L.A. have its way with. Um, so right now, Manny Sanders is uh, probably my favorite play once again this week. Um, his price spiked quite a bit, um, but I still think he's, uh, you know, he's going to be in the 7Ks before long. Uh, they, him and Keenum look in sync. He had um, 11 targets last week, caught 10 of them, had a huge game. I think we're going to see eight-plus targets again. Um, I think he has a super high floor, and as we saw last week, he does have a high ceiling any given week. Um, and uh, I think all three of the uh, pass catchers are in play. Uh, Manny would obviously be the one to play in cash. Um, but uh, Demarius Thomas and uh, Corlin Sutton are definitely in play in tournaments. And as, as far as the running backs go, um, we thought Royce Freeman was going to kind of take over uh, 
over the uh, lead role. And as we saw, that uh, didn't really happen uh, with Lindsey coming in there um, and Booker still getting some work. So I have much interest there. Uh, most of this interest uh, in this game would be uh, from uh, Case Keenum, the uh, pass catchers, and then the Broncos defense. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Why, why do you have Manny over Jamarius Thomas at 5,600? Um, they just – Case Keenum looks so much more in sync right now with Emmanuel Sanders, and I hate saying that, like, without, like, backing stats up right now, but um, I, I just think that Case Keenum – is a uh, much better when he's throwing to uh, throwing to the slot receiver, which uh, we see Emmanuel play out of that more than any of the other receivers. Um, and like we saw last week, I mean, Emmanuel is going to get the most targets and has the uh, highest floor. Yeah, I, I just curious because like we saw, I mean, it was eleven to ten was a target share last year or last week. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was on Demarius over Sanders coming into the year. I had him basically as a wash. But I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, is it just recency bias? Because it seems like people prefer Manny to DT this week, even though he's $500 cheaper or more expensive. I, I honestly, I have DT in my cash game lineups right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I might switch that up as I try to get an AB in there. I might put him in DT spot and switch things around a little bit. But I don't know. 5600 just seems so cheap, man. In this matchup. It's a, uh, it's a little crazy, um, but, you know, if you wanted to run a little game or, uh, you know, a little uh, Denver stack with Keenum with uh, both Sanders and Demarius Thomas in cash, I wouldn't even be mad at that because uh, all three guys have a pretty solid price tag on them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, that, I, I've been trying to make things work where I can get A.B. in there, and that would uh, definitely shake it up a little bit. I don't – I. I don't want to get off of Mahomes because I really just think he's that underpriced, and I do think that this game's going to yield somewhere between like 55 and 70 points <laughs> combined, <laughs> the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game. But I definitely like Denver a lot as well, and I think that they are cash game viable if, you are, uh, if you're not into the Kansas City game as much as I am. But, okay, yep. I was just curious what, what you thought on the, yep. uh, on the Denver receivers there because I think it could go either way, and I think considering Manny's probably going to be more – popular and is $600 more. I, I'm, I'm liking DT this week. Um, did you mention Jared Cook? I might have missed that. Are you into him this week? Yeah, I hadn't uh, hadn't gone to Oakland yet. Um, uh, Oakland's offense overall looked horrendous last week. Uh, they have another, <laughs> another uh, tough matchup, uh, mainly because they're having to tra- travel to a mile high. Um, they, they, they're going on a short week. Um, and uh, so I have no interest in Clark Cooper, uh, but Cook is in a good spot this week. Broncos were terrible last year, uh, second uh, worst against uh, tight end, and they just allowed Will Disley, who most <laughs> people listening to this have probably never heard of, uh, to have a 105-yard uh, game with the touchdown, absolutely towards him. Um, so he's definitely in play. And we saw uh, Cook get a – you know, he got a lot of work early in that uh, Rams game last week. He's definitely in play. Seems like uh, Carr seems like Cook seems like Carr's favorite target right now. Um, and then other than that, uh, Jalen Richard benefited from uh, playing behind all last week. I think uh, they're going to play from behind this week. Uh, he only uh, ran 37 snaps, uh, but he uh, had 28 routes ran and uh, had 11 targets. 
so he could be a sneaky GPP play at 3,400. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for laughing, but like Jalen Richard was just the most like white Midwestern <laughs> mispronunciation of all time. <laughs> it's Richard is what I've always heard, but it was, oh, no, <laughs> that was just so funny. Jalen Richard. Oh, no. That's bad. Really bad. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like why the hell would anyone need to know his name? He plays like a fourth of the snaps for Oakland. But hey, just hey if you're playing down this week again, why not see another 11 targets? So, yeah, give me a yeah. little, give me a little richer in my life. So why not? <laughs> one to one hundred. Uh, <laughs> I definitely think Cook is in play because it's basically just like it's almost an identical matchup to what we saw in Los Angeles last week. Except I think the Denver's defense is not quite as good as the Rams, but it's a defense with really strong cornerbacks that funnels targets to the middle of the field, and so that means we might see targets for Richard. We might see targets. For uh, Jared Cook, a lot of targets, a lot more than we're going to see the rest of the year. But like in these first couple weeks here, I think it makes a lot of sense to target those guys. I'm definitely not on Amari, even at 6'6". Um, not, on, not on Lynch, so I'll agree with you there. All right, dude, uh, we will we will wrap it up there unless you have anything else on this game. You good to go? Good to go. All right, so aside uh, from the obvious Kansas City and Pittsburgh stack, and if, that, if that's your stack, then you can go with that one, but I assume we would just avoid that because that's what everybody – likes what is your favorite what's your favorite game stack on this slate my favorite game stack right now is san francisco and that would be jimmy g alfred morris and george kittle mm-hmm. i That's i the, love that one you gotta have kenny galladay in there though like who are you bringing it back yeah with on, on the detroit side of things bring it, bring it back. yeah yeah i like that a lot bringing it back uh bringing it back with kenny galladay Okay, yeah, I uh, I like that one a lot. That's pretty affordable. What does that leave you with after? So is that four players? What does that leave you with? That leaves you with a lot of money, dude. Let let me build that real quick. While while you can talk about your uh, your stack if you want. Yeah, for sure. Mine, uh, we we talked about it a little bit. There are a few different stacks I really like. I think the Houston Tennessee one is kind of a fun stack that will go a little bit overlooked if you want to go with the Houston pass catchers and Deshaun Watson. And then bring it back with uh, with Deion Lewis, Corey Davis, or whatever. Um, I think that you can go with Miami New York Jets if you uh, hate your life and you want to watch a terrible game on on Sunday. There's so many good games at noon that that's not the one I want to stack. But I definitely think that's a direction you can go, uh, given what we talked about earlier. My favorite one would be Indianapolis at Washington. Um and I'm not going to have T.Y. Hilton in this one, which scares me because like, he's the kind of guy that can go off at any time, even in a match against Norman, which he has a huge speed advantage over Norman. But um, I'm going to go with uh, just Doyle from the Indianapolis side of things because I really do think it's going to be check down city over there in Indianapolis. And then on Washington, I'm going to have Alex Smith. I will go with Chris Thompson. Uh, I'm not going to have him in anything outside of game stacks, but I do like mixing it up with him in there and then dude this this stack gets really weird just hang in there with me because i i think that's decent value we're going double tight end we're going jack oh yes jack doyle tight end jordan reed at flex oh yeah and so it's um, a mega washington stack and this is obviously hoping that indianapolis keeps the game close so washington is aggressive through the air um and so that's going to be alex smith chris thompson jordan reed Jack Doyle, and then if you want, I think you can mix in one of Paul Richardson or Josh Doxson. 
Um, if I do put Dachshund in there, that leaves me with 6.275 uh, average per player. And when I put in the defense, I'll just put in a random – I'll put in the Rams. It's the most expensive. That leaves me with an average of over 7,000 per player for these last three spots. So it's super cheap, and you can fit in whoever you want with those guys. Um, and I really do think that has a, a sneaky shootout potential. So that's that's somewhere I would look in tournaments. Obviously, yep. my main my main tournament stack, and I think you will agree, is going to be Kansas City Pittsburgh, though. Of course, of course. Yeah. All right. What did uh? How much salary do you have left on the table after that uh, Detroit? Yeah. Stack? So with uh, Jimmy G, Alfred Morris, Kenny Galladay, and George Kittle, um, I just threw in the Broncos defense. They're kind of near the top. Um, that leaves you with uh, seventy one hundred dollars left for four spots. Um, so quite a bit of money there. I love that, dude. I love that yeah. stack. I and, I don't know if I'm sold on Alf yet or not, but I oh man, that's that's a nice yeah. that's a sexy stack right there. It's so cheap. So cheap. And uh earlier, you know, we we ended up doing it a couple of times last year. Um I, I'm never scared to play two tight ends. Um and, and there's a lot of value there this week. Uh yeah. you know, I could I could see building some lineups in uh Playing like Doyle, uh, Doyle tight end, and then throwing Kittle in at your flex. You're throwing Jordan Reed in at your flex because uh, they offer uh, so much value, and uh, a lot of them have a, a pretty high floor. So uh, usually, a, a you know a viable cash game strategy. It's yeah, it seems silly to play two tight ends, and like most weeks, I'm not. But like, if there was a wide receiver out there that was 3,800 and had an insane matchup and had nine targets last week. That dude would be 100% owned. Exactly. And that's what you get in George Kittle. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, he's absolutely viable as a flex. I'm going to have him as my tight end in most lineups, but if you want to make a Gronk-Kittle lineup, or if in cash you really, really feel secure with Doyle's targets and then you want to bring it back with Kittle in your flex or something, it's super weird. But, like, I really think it makes sense. Kittle's that underpriced this week. And that's why I love your stack so much is Kittle and Galladay are honestly my – Maybe like one A and one B plays on the slate. It's like those two and James Conner are my are my three favorite plays. So yeah, I, I, I super weird man. You, I mean that's what they come that's what people come here for though. They come here for the, <laughs> come here for the hot takes. We're coming with fucking two tight end lineups at you this week. I love it. <laughs> All right, we uh, will we'll move on to our uh, cash game lineup breakdown real quick. Um, how you how what your cash game lineup end up with last week? Your main cash game. Lineup. Um, my main cash game lineup, I think, finished with 194 points, which uh, was just outside of the cash line. Pretty fucking solid, though. I uh, mine was 209 and a half, I think. Um, I think we're both honestly like we we're pretty silly and <laughs> and dumb on here with our hot takes and all that good stuff. But I think we really focus on cash for the main part. And I think we're both pretty damn good at that. Um, and have our our lineups ironed out pretty well by the end of the week. You made. A fatal error in uh, pivoting to DJ over Kamara <laughs> at the last second, but uh, I think most most weeks we're gonna have pretty close to optimal uh, lineups in cash. So I'm curious, what uh, what is your cash game construction looking like this week? Obviously, we'll tweet uh, any tweaks that we make throughout the week. Mine will be on Scout and on Sportsline, all that good stuff. But what are you looking at right now, Nate? So I'm definitely going to be uh, paying down at quarterback and at tight end. Uh, so I'm looking, targeting guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Case Keenum. Um, leaning right now probably to Patrick Mahomes um, to start off my cash game lineups. Um, and then 
just to go to tight end, uh, like I kind of said earlier, I'm almost always paying down in cash at tight end. Um, and right now, George Kittle and Jack Doyle are my favorite options um, and leaning uh, George Kittle. Um, so plugging those two guys in right now. Um, and then, you know, kind of like we discussed earlier, um, it's going to be a decision between Antonio Brown and Alvin Kamara. I don't think you can fit both. Um, so right now I'm le- leaning towards uh, uh, Antonio Brown. Um, and then I'm going to want to pair him with uh, two of the cheaper receivers that we talked about, um, guys like Kenny Galladay and Ken- Quincy and Nunez. Um, so that's going to open up some money to spend. Yeah, I'm going to butcher that. So Quincy, um, but that's going to allow you to uh, kind of spend up more at the uh, running back position. Um, and then, you know, we talked about a lot of these guys, obviously, but going back to them, uh, guys like Melvin Gordon, um, uh, James James Conner uh, is almost a lock. Um, so James, James, James Conner is a lock. Uh, so it's going to be a lot – Similar to last, we got a couple lines with James Conner and Antonio Brown paired together. Um, so similar to that. Um, but uh, do you have anything to add to that? Where uh, what you're doing with the flex and maybe the other running back position? No, I think that's I think that's good. It sounds like you and I are pretty damn close. Um, my cash game lineup is weird this week because it's not what I have locked in right now is not. Uh, not as safe, not as high of floor of a construction as I normally go, which scares me a little bit because I am putting in a decent more decent bit more money this week than I normally would. I might hedge and make like a third of my cash game exposure a more safe lineup that doesn't have Pat Mahomes, uh, maybe doesn't even have Kenny Galladay, some of those guys. Um, but yeah, right now it's Pat Mahomes at QB, Alvin Kamara at running back, James Conner at running back. And then I've got Demarius Thomas, Kenny Galladay, Quincy Inunua, uh, George Kittle. And then I've got Aguilar at Flex and Texans D. But I think those two are both going to change. We'll see as the as the, we get closer to Sunday. Um, but yeah, like I said, like normally Kittle, Galladay, Mahomes are not guys that I would be looking to in cash. You know what I mean? But like yeah, I yeah. really just think the pricing is that far off. So I guess what I'm saying, what I'm saying here, is so if their pricing was right, if Mahomes was six eight and Galladay was five nine and Kittle was five one, or whatever on DraftKings, they would all be guys I had exposure to in tournaments. But they would be, I would think they're priced about right, but they would be guys I wouldn't have in cash game because they're a little bit more high variance than the guys I normally target. But because they're so underpriced, I am fine with them in cash because I really do think they're optimal plays at that price. Um, but that's that's what I'm going with right now. I don't know if I'll end up with Aglor in there. I don't know if I'll end up with Texans D. I'm really trying to find a way to get AB in there. I might switch things up and not have Kamara. Um, the only way I'm not going to have Pat Mahomes, it seems like I'm on him a little bit. I'm a little more convicted on him than you, uh, but we're both there. The only way I wouldn't have him is if I can get Kamara and AB both in a lineup. You know what I mean? If I could, yeah. if I could, if I get there and I need like $300 savings to go from a homes to Keenum or 200 savings to go from a homes to Ty God or somebody like that, that's the absolute only way. Otherwise I really think I'm locked in unless Ben sits. If Ben sits, then that will change things. Cause I think the game flow is going to be completely different. I think it'd be nearly as high paced, but I am, I'm am totally anticipating Ben playing and that being a shootout. So that's, 
that's where I'm going in cash. Mahomes, Kamara, Connor. Connor's a lock. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Galladay. Galladay, Nanunwa, and Kittle are all pretty damn close to locks right now. And then Aguilar yep. and Texans D. Um, and then I don't know if any of you got in on the Thursday night contest. I've been tweeting about that a lot, and then we talked about it on this one a little bit. It's AJ Green. Have you have you been watching this at all, dude? Yeah, he's got three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, AJ Green has three touchdowns on three catches, and Andy Dalton has four touchdown passes. Uh, can you check that ownership <laughs> real quick while I talk on this? Just like their own. Did you play tonight? Uh, yeah, only head-to-heads, though, um, and I okay, actually I'll... checked all my head-to-heads, and uh, not a single person had any exposure to tonight's game. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that they really would. I will check uh, double-ups and see what their ownership is as we go here. But, yeah, that is pretty ridiculous. But, anyway, what, all I was going to say is if you did play the Thursday through uh, Monday slate and you are not sure where you're going yet, I think there are a couple receivers that really make – uh, lineup construction a lot easier over there. Um, Cole Beasley is only 4,200 against the Giants, who have really good perimeter cornerbacks that kind of funnel things towards the middle of the field. Um, and obviously Dallas doesn't really have a tight end. So most of the uh, the over-the-middle routes are dominated by Beasley, who had a huge game last week. I think he's going to continue to be a high-targeted guy. He's only 4,200. I really like him if you're playing that slate. And then Tyler Lockett is 4,800. Um, I think you go with him or Marshall in tournaments. I like them both. Marshall, I think, is 43. But I am locking Lockett in in uh, cash games. Um, I have a decent bit of exposure to that uh, to that slate, and I really like him at that price tag. He's going against Chicago, who gave up a huge game to Randall Cobb in the slot last week. That's where Lockett's going to run all of his routes with Baldwin out. So that's just something to consider if you are playing that slate. I think it's a lot easier to make lineups um, over there right now, I have Pat Mahomes, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Cole Beasley, George Kittle, James Conner, and Texans defense. And that's one I will probably shift around a little bit. We'll see and see if I can get AB in there. But like being able to fit Melvin Kamara and James Conner is pretty ridiculous. So I uh, I am super excited about that. Okay, so we've got AJ Green's only four percent double ups. Andy Dalton's 0.4%. So, yeah, that doesn't matter. We're not we're not worried about that. Oh, yeah. That's good. That is good. I was a little bit worried about that one. Doesn't look like anybody in this game was very highly owned. So, cool. All right, dude. That uh, that pretty much does it. I think uh, we will we will obviously tweet out anything we have on Cash Game Lamps as we go. But I think we're both looking pretty good right now, uh, pretty close in our construction. Uh, before we go, Nate, do you have any uh, any tips or advice for the listeners this week on uh, lineup construction or anything else going into week two? Um, never faded. Lucky Alvin Kamara to play uh, a washed-up David Johnson. Washed <laughs> up, dude. Don't do that to DJ. He's <laughs> on our logo. Uh, that's <laughs> He's it. He's on our cheesy-ass logo. He inspired me one time. I'm over him. <laughs> I can't believe How do you get a bail on DJ like that? That is terrible. I I will ride and die with my man DJ. Um, I had people giving me shit on Twitter about that today. It's like it's one week, guys. Um, although it doesn't look good, I will not lie. I I would just remind <laughs> <laughs> I would just remind everyone to be intentional about your contest selection this week. Uh, it's not easy to be profitable in NFL DFS with the rake as high as it is. Especially on DraftKings and FanDuel, it's getting pretty outrageous. So if you're taking the time 
to listen to a niche podcast like this, that means you are putting some real effort into your research process. So don't waste that process by being sloppy with, with contest selection. Like enter single entry double ups, the cash line in single entry double ups versus uh, MME contests or uh, sorry, mass multi entry double ups was 18 points last week. Like 18 fucking points at the same buy in. <laughs> that is ridiculous, dude. Like you're, Fair. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you were in single entry or not, but you, what you had would have been pretty close to cashing in single entry, and not even close at all in the MME contests. So yeah. I mean, it's super simple. Just search single entry on the left on DK. Like it doesn't take any time. Get in those contests. Um, enter those. Post your head to heads. Don't take head to heads from other people. Uh, if you really want an edge and have the time to research um, additional sites pricing, I would advise you to check out contests available on Yahoo or on Fantasy Drafts. Uh, they both have quite a bit of overlay right now. We'll see as we get closer to Sunday. Both have a uh, pretty significantly less rake than DK does. So yeah, just just uh, be intentional about what you're what you're doing with your contest selection. I think that's really big, and it's something that people overlook a lot. I will uh, I'll leave you with that. Cause I mean, I, like I said, I scored like two ten in cash games last week, and that barely would have cashed if I played not single entry double ups, just like the the massive MME double ups. But in single entry, I was in the top like I think it was like top fifteen percent in double ups. So like really pay attention to what you're doing with your contest uh, entrance. It's it's just tough, dude. Like with them increasing the rake, it's it's tough to be profitable in NFL DFS because we got such a small sample size. Um, and especially in these early weeks of the season, man, you only have two, three, four, maybe five weeks where we have a real edge over a lot of the fish before those people kind of quit playing. So you can't waste that, you know, like. We gotta we gotta be doubling up each week here as we go along. Yeah. Alrighty, you good to go, man? Yep. Alright, let's good. get the hell out of here. That is it. First uh, first DFS assholes and analyst slate breakdown. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for Nate and myself, we are out of here. Good luck this weekend, y'all. Peace.